Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Just a recap from last week, we looked at the mindset and I think all of us, uh, a lot of the words that came uh, forward this morning um, just through through the time of just ministry and receiving worshiping God is really um, being mindful of what is really important, right? And, and uh, there's so much fruitfulness that we get to experience by having an eternal mindset versus having a temporal mindset. Because temporally speaking, things are changing continually. In your life, things are changing on a, on a drastic uh, measure. Um, COVID happened uh, last year. It's not last year, yeah. What is it now? 2021, 2020, yeah. Last year, um, and a bunch of things changed with that. And so in the temporal, there's a lot of things happening and changing continually. And if we're stuck on having a temporal mindset, a mindset on this world, then we're going to be more challenged than we should be challenged. Or let me say it like this, we're going to be troubled by many things. Whereas we can experience troubles, but not be troubled by them. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He didn't say, don't experience troubles. Let not your heart be troubled. Meaning that there's going to be opportunities to be troubled. Jesus said that anyone who lives godly in this life will suffer persecution. So you can't sidestep troubles, you can't sidestep persecutions. But you can respond to it with an eternal mindset. And through that we won't be troubled. As Paul wasn't troubled, as Paul endured much affliction, so can we also endure much affliction, push through and not be troubled by. Ephesians 3.13, My dear friends, we looked at this last week, My dear friends, I pray that you will remain strong, and not be discouraged or ashamed by all that I suffer on your behalf, for it's for your glory. Remain strong. Do not be discouraged or ashamed by everything that I'm suffering, because it's for your glory. So Paul is writing uh, this, and then we're uh, going to uh, get into the, the next few verses. So that was just a quick recap. So Paul is writing to this church, and he's, he's writing to the church of Ephesus. And we see this throughout all of his letters, because it's not like... The, the, the letter to the church of Ephesus was a specific message. And then the, the letter to the church of uh, Colossae was a specific message. And to uh, the church of Philippi and to uh, Galatia. Like, it wasn't specific messages that was only applicable to a specific culture. The, wor the word of God and the letters of the epistles all have the same purpose. Guess what that is? For you to be rich. The, the, the purpose of all of those letters and the purpose of the Bible is one specific purpose. The message of the gospel. Jesus Christ coming to die for the world, reconcile the world and the Spirit of God living in man and the Spirit of God living through man. Because first, uh, first half of Ephesians is the Spirit of God in man, identity is who you are. And then we go on to Ephesians 4, 5 and 6. This is the Spirit of God living through man. Because of your identity in Christ, because of your union with Christ, uh, we get to live differently. We get to be different to the world. Amen. We don't want to blend in with the world and look so much like the world. And then one day, 
we uh, find out that our colleagues are praying for us to become born again. That's a horrible witness. We don't want to be that people that are so blended into the world that we can't be told uh, part of the world. So Paul's writing to this church and he's, he's encouraging them on, on enduring, standing strong, not fainting. What is this in regards to? It's in regards to something specific. There's a lot of things that, that the, the Christian world and the body of Christ is, is encouraging each other to stand strong in or stand strong against. I'm not going to use any examples. I don't want to offend anyone this morning. Stand strong in this. Stand strong against that. What was Paul? Guess who Paul was, guys? Let's give him a little bit of a background. Paul was entrusted to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul brought a revelation of the mystery of Christ to the world. Is that a, does that sound like a cool guy? Does that sound like a guy that we can learn from? Draw from his wisdom? This is a guy that I want to learn from, draw from. He says this, Colossians 1 verse 28 and 29. Christ is our message. What is our message? We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. What is this truth in regards to? Is it in regards to conspiracy theories? What did Jesus say? I am what? The truth. Christ is our message. We preach the awakened hearts to bring every person to full understanding of truth, full understanding of who Christ is, who he is in the believer. It has become my inspiration, my passion in ministry to labor with tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present every believer the revelation of what? Of being his perfect one in Christ. We need to ask, what is our message? Paul had a message. The Bible has a message. Paul was a representative, an ambassador, as we looked at, uh, as I shared the word in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We are ambassadors, ministers of a specific message. Okay, Shane shared this a, a few weeks ago as well, that we aren't ambassadors and called to preach any other message than Christ. Now, I might be stepping on a few toes, but the awesome thing that, that I've really established in my heart, and I'll continue to, is this call of Paul here in First Colossians chapter 1. I want to labor with, with tireless intensity, with His power flowing through me to present every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. That is my call. That was Paul's call. That is every believer's call, actually. But you get to respond to this call. Many are called, but few are chosen. What does that mean? Many are called, but few are chosen. Every believer's called. But guess what? Not every believer is going to respond. You get to respond to the call of God on a daily basis. Yes, you get born again. You receive the Spirit of God inside of you. But what do you do with that leading on a daily basis? That is the question. 
Every believer is empowered to live a radical transformed life. But not every believer is living that transformed life. Because not every believer is responding to the grace of God on a daily basis. Being challenged continually with what is my message? What is my life's calling? Paul had a specific message. He had a specific life calling. We can learn from Paul. We can draw from Paul. What awakens hearts? Preaching the gospel. We preach to awaken hearts. That's the only thing that can awaken hearts. Continuing ministering the gospel. The gospel of Christ. Bringing this understanding of truth. Paul prays this in Ephesians chapter 1. We looked at this. Praying for wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of the truth. and the knowledge of our identities in Christ. Again, the question of... He's making the statement, with his, his power flowing through me. All of us love Philippians 4 verse 13, and we've debunked that scripture probably pretty well here, but maybe you haven't uh, um, received the debunking of that scripture yet. Philippians 4 13, fridge magnet, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is that in context to? What is that in reference to? Paul is saying here, with his power flowing through me, to what? To what? To present to every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. The power of God, Acts 1 verse 8, is for what purpose? We need to ask, if there's power, what is the purpose of the power? Because if you don't know the purpose of the power, we're going to try and use the power for every other thing that our flesh wants to use it for. Right? Am I in good company? You guys with me? I'm ministering to us. Right? I'm, I'm partaking of this word as you are partaking of this word as well. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is the power for to do all things? It's being a living sacrifice. Being ambassador of His kingdom, not your kingdom. With His power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. It's about presenting people the gospel of Jesus Christ and presenting them being perfect in Jesus Christ. Helping them come to this understanding, come to the knowledge of this truth. Why are we drilling this point so strong? Why am I drilling this point so strongly? And week after week, we, we're drilling like, what is our message? What is our... What is our... You get... You get there's, there's, there's different members of the body of Christ and, and I'm not saying they, they're sinning or they, they, they're going to hell or anything like that but, but people are claiming to have a specific message my life message is you fill in the blank my life message is this what was Paul's life message guys? what is Peter's life message guys? what was John's life message? Why do we have different life messages than the apostles? You guys, you guys with me? We need to stop having life messages and, and pointing people to different things than what the apostles pointed people to. What is the apostles? Maybe you don't know what the... It's just the special messengers. Paul said that I'm a special messenger of this grace. Of this mystery making it known to the uh, to the believers the mystery of Christ in us the hope of glory 
So we're drilling these points so strongly because so many Christians are distracted by various things. The smoke screens of the enemy, so to speak. Because Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2 says that, um, let's go there quickly. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2. Then you guys can also uh, go to Isaiah 4 verse 6. That's one of the unfortunate things of technology. You can't go to two passages of scriptures at once. If you've got a physical Bible, you can put your finger here and then go there as well. Okay, Hebrews 12 verse... Let's look at verse 2. No, verse 1. Okay. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, we surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight... And the sin which so easily beset us or ensnare us. And let us run with patience the race that has been set before us. So yet the writer of Hebrews is, is, is creating this picture of running a race. And laying aside the weights and the sin that does so easily entangle us and prevent us from running our race. That's basically what the writer is saying. Now we all know what sin is right? Hopefully you know what is, what, what is right and what is wrong. But not everyone knows what weights are. I'm not talking about gym. Not everyone knows what weights are. And so the weights in our lives that are preventing us from running the race oftentimes are very like vague. They're very like almost gray areas and we don't really know what they are. But we need to understand that there are weights that we need to also lay aside in order for us to run our race effectively. And that's why I'm saying, when you have one specific message, not the body of Christ with hundred different messages, hundred different life messages. When you have one specific message, and that is your plumb line, that is your, 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 your standard, your measuring rod, it's easy to determine, is this a weight a distraction, or is it not? My people, Isaiah 4 verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. Does that mean people are destroyed because they have too little information? No, there's a lot of, we're living in the, the, the age of too much information. All of you guys have probably experienced that on social media this last two years so much information so much opinions and voices out there so it's not a lack of information as there's too little information it's a lack of the right information a lack of the right knowledge first Corinthians 2 2 says and this is powerful if you walk away from this gathering this morning and you can just establish this one verse in your heart and you can meditate on this throughout this week, man, are you going to have an awesome week. And you're also going to be frustrated. Why? Because not a lot of believers live adhering to this one verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 2 from Amplified Classic. For I resolve, Paul again writing, for I resolve to know nothing. Say, know nothing. And then in brackets, the Amplified Classic says, 
to be acquainted with nothing, say nothing. To make display of the knowledge of nothing, say nothing. And to be conscious of nothing, say nothing. Among you, accept. Say accept. Jesus Christ. And Him crucified. The Passion says, For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic. Jesus, the crucified Messiah. What is your life consumed with? It's not a rhetorical question. What is your life consumed with? What one thing is your life consumed with? What many things are your life consumed with? Oftentimes we're like, man, I want to I make the impact Paul made. I want to I make the impact that the disciple Peter made. Or, or the disciple John made. I want to make the impact that Andrew Warwick is making. I want to make the impact that Joseph Prince is making. Or you fill in the blank. What do you normally do if you want to make the impact of a specific person? You learn from them. Are you guys willing to learn from Paul this morning? Because if we want to make the impact, and Paul made a pretty deep impact. The apostles made a pretty deep impact. They shaped the nation, the world. And Paul says that he was determined... Determination means that there was opportunities to be consumed and distracted with things. But he was determined. He was, he was making it a point to not be distracted, consumed with anything other than one thing. Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, and nothing else. So that is a great take home for you. If you want to make kingdom impact, start to be consumed with one thing. I know it's challenging, guys. But this is, this is church. And church shouldn't be a place of like, okay, let's feel good about the message. Let's like, oh, let's sing Gumbaya. At least I'm going to heaven. Man, it, it's, it's, we should be challenged with the word, receive the challenge, and say, thank you, Jesus, your spirit inside of me. There's a resonating to this word. Honor arise to that place because the empowering is there to take you to that place but you need to respond to this you need to say like man that's challenging that's tough I'm nowhere close to the life that Paul lived but guess where it starts it starts with one step in that direction thank you Jesus thank you father by your grace I want to live my life by being consumed with one thing Jesus tomorrow morning you stand up again getting out of bed. Father, help me today to be consumed with one thing. I know social media is going to try and get me distracted by 500 different things. Whenever you switch on the radio, whenever you go onto social media, whenever you do anything, everything in this world is going to try and distract you from being focused on one thing. It's not, don't be surprised. Like I'm giving, I'm, I'm kind of, Blowing the, 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 the tactics of the devil for you. Like, it's blown out of the water. He's not, he's not bringing up new ideas. 
He's not coming up with new distractions. It's always distractions away from the one thing. Jesus Christ, Him crucified. And us being ambassadors of that one thing. Because guess what? All of us want to see change in this world. We want to see our, our nation change. We want to see better leadership. Guess how that's going to come? By being focused on one thing. And each one of us picking up our cross. That doesn't mean you have to go and walk around with a cross on your back. Man, you guys have seen that guy. And God bless him and like, let him do what he does. Picking up your cross means that you realize that the Spirit of God is living inside of you and you want that Spirit to come out and touch the people around you at work, your family, your friends. It's awakening. Paul is praying and he says, I'm, my ministry, I'm, uh, I'm laboring tirelessly to, to awaken hearts. Come to know Jesus Christ. It's a daily walk with us. And guess what? It's not just to know Jesus Christ, but to be challenged with Jesus Christ in His life. Knowing that He died for me, and He didn't just die for me for my sins to be forgiven, for me to go to heaven one day, but He died for me to be radically impacted by His love to the degree that I'll lay down everything for that one thing to make Him known. Man, it's, it's awesome to... to minister this this word this morning like to be challenged with it i'm challenged by it because man there's we've got bills to pay right i love uh for steve harvey <laughs> steve harvey for those of you guys who know him he's a he's a christian comedian and talk show uh, guy and there's this one pretty cool clip you can go and find it on youtube um i think you can just search steve harvey jump and it's this inspirational kind of a short clip about um, uh, just just jumping, just taking that, that plunge, just go for it, just take the risk, so to speak. And um, and he's funny, and he uh, tells us he tells his one joke, or his, his one friend says like, and he's responding to this, and he says like, but I got bills. He's like, but tomorrow you'll still have bills, and and next you'll still have, you'll always have bills. There'll always be bills. Like that's a that's the incorrect response to not taking a risk because there'll always be bills. There'll always be an excuse. There'll always be an excuse not to minister the gospel. You know what your excuses are. I know what my excuses are. But excuses isn't going to bring in the change that God wants to see you on earth. And I know it's maybe like a, a little bit of a heavy message, but... Like I said, church isn't supposed to be this place where we just receive these feel-good messages. Paul is writing Ephesians 1, 2, 3, and he's like, he's, he's ministering a feel-good message. Like, this is who you are in Christ. I want you to come to know Jesus. I want you to become fully acquainted with Jesus. Ephesians 3, 16. I pray that, and he's praying this prayer, and we can look at the prayer, and uh, just dissect quickly in the last uh, few, few minutes of our time together. And he's praying, and I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited reaches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. So like we said, we, we, we're wrapping up the first half of Ephesians, and he's praying this prayer in, in closing before he builds into 
cool. This, this is now what you're going to do, guys. This is how you're going to live. This is how you're going to respond to one another. I pray that He will unveil within you what happens when a bride walks down the aisle, she comes to the bridegroom, and she's being unveiled. Does that unveiling make something magically appear that wasn't there before? No. It unveils and you now see clearly what is there in front of you. This unveiling of Christ in us, it's not making something be there that wasn't there. It's coming to know what is inside of you. And that is Paul's prayer. That is his ministry. That's our ministries as believers. It's helping people come to see the Spirit of God inside of us. Because as we see the Spirit of God inside of us, there's going to be a supernatural flow through our lives because we realize who we are. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. As you think about yourself, as you see yourself, as you believe uh, what God says about you, you're going to start living in that way. A man cannot live in a way consistently that is contrary to what he believes about himself. So Paul is praying for this unveiling to happen. That is where the power lies. Coming to know, coming to understand these truths. That Christ may, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So Christ is dwelling in our hearts by faith. The life of Christ and our oneness with Him, our perfect unbroken union with Him, we know that by faith, not by feeling, not by emotions. That Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith. You're not always going to feel like Christ is there. But He's always there. How do I know that? Because I believe God's Word. Hebrews 13 verse 5. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love. The awesome, the, the awesome picture with this is Christ dwelling in our hearts isn't a, a, a changing factor. It is a reality. But it's by faith that we choose to believe this. It's by faith that we choose to grow in these truths. It's by faith that we choose to go against what our minds might be saying and what our emotions might be saying and what the world might be saying. It's by faith choosing to believe the Word of God above anything else. It's a matter of what is your heart set on? What is your mind set on? Are you being rooted and grounded in love? We are born from love. We're born from above. God is love. That is our identity. That is, that is like a, a, when we are conceived from a place of love. That's a beautiful picture. We, we are born again and we were conceived because of love. Our born again identities and realities is a, is, has happened from a place of love. So that is what we are root, uh, or that is where we are born from. But this picture of being root being grounded is a continual thing. We need to purpose this. On a daily basis, we get to purpose. Are we being further rooted? Are we being further grounded in this picture of love, God's love for us, what Jesus came to do for us? Colossians uh, 3 uh, paints the same picture for us. 
setting our minds on, on things above. Colossians 1.23 also says it this way, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am also a minister. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and not be moved away from the hope of the gospel. So yes, your identity is secure. Yes, you are rooted. Your eternity is set up. But how are you living that out on a daily basis is the question for all of us to ask. We determine, each one of us here this morning, you determine what your heart is set on, what your mind is set on. Paul goes on in verse 18, so that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. So verse, verse 16, pray that you would unveil within you. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Christ's dwelling place isn't changing, but our awareness of that is changing depending on what are we focused on. And through that, so you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Overflow comes from this place. Overflow comes from this place of, of this awakening, this, this unveiling of my identity in Christ, who I am in God, what He's created me for. Created for love, created to be loved, created to overflow with love. That is our purpose here on earth. To experience the love of God, be united with that love. And allow that love to transform us on a daily basis. To know the love of Christ. This isn't just talking about like, oh, okay, cool, I've read that verse, I know Christ loves me. It's growing in love. My wife and I, December now, we married seven years, and we're growing in our love for one another. I love her more today than what I loved her when we got married. Not because of anything she's done. And like, the opposite could be true at times. <laughs> I'm just joking, you know. It's, uh, we, we've, we've had a good, good seven years, um, and I'm looking forward to the rest. But the point... This, the more you have relationship with someone, the more you grow in love with them and loving them. Not because of the things they do or they don't do, but because we were created to be loved and we created to love. That is God's design of us. And we can only tr truly do that in a sacrificial way when we first received His love for us. Because His love for us is sacrificial love. It's not the love of this world. Give and take. Tit for tat. It's not that type of love. There's no terms and conditions to the love of Christ. And when we receive that love, when we come to know that love, and it does pass knowledge. It passes human knowledge. Human knowledge, human understanding doesn't comprehend this. And that's why it's by faith. Believing that this is the love of God. 
And through that place, there's an overflow. Through that place, there's a, there's a, there's a reality of this fullness. Because Colossians 2 verse 10 says that you've been made complete in Christ. So if we complete in Christ and we, we fall to the brim of, of who Christ is in us, why is Paul praying for, for the, this prayer, this, this, this knowledge of the love of Christ so that we might be filled with all the fullness of God? Because again, it's a matter of what you believe in your mind and your heart. It's not a matter of what is the, true in your, the truth in your spirit. The truth in your spirit is you are filled with the fullness of God. You are complete in Christ. It's in, the, 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 the proportion to what that is manifesting in your lives is in proportion to you understanding your identity. It's in proportion to you setting your mind on things in, above. It's in proportion to you yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's in proportion to you choosing to rather love than to curse. To rather show grace than to put someone in their place. I didn't rhyme on purpose, but it did happen. <laughs> show grace rather than put someone in their place. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, in closing. Him that is... And this is also a passage at times, maybe taken out of context a little bit. So think about everything that we've talked about this whole morning. Think about this whole morning, everything we've talked about, this prayer of Paul's, it builds up to verse 20, which says, so it's building up to something, it's not like, oh man, I really want that, that, that house, and I'm trusting for that three bedroom house, and it's awesome, oh Lord, yeah, three, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, amen, thank you Jesus, power, man, maybe that's also a challenging word now for someone, <laughs> The power of the Word of God lies within where are you finding that Word. Not what are you wanting to read from the Word. A lot of people in this Word are reading the Word for what they want to see in the Word. They're interpreting the Word for what they're feeling to interpret the Word for. The world is in a mess because they're not taking the Word of God within the context of the Word. They're not seeing the power and manifestation because they're taking scriptures out of context to suit their carnal needs. It's good. I've been there, even probably this past week. But I'm being challenged by the Word and I'm choosing to be challenged by the Word. You get to choose to be challenged by the Word. And only if you say yes to the challenge can you arise and grow from this challenge. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Think, what have we talked about this whole morning? What is your heart set upon? What is your mind set upon? Paul is writing about a specific context. Growing in your understanding of the love of Christ. Growing in this unveiling of the Spirit of God inside of you. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly. He is able to help us with these things. 
exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that has worked within us so his power in us is able to bring this transformation his power within us is able to show us our identities in christ And the awesome thing is when we, we come to this place of, of thinking on, asking on the things of God, man, will there start to be a greater manifestation of, of fruitfulness in our lives and through our lives. Because too, too much of Christianity is, is about self-centered gains and temporal ambitions and temporal goals and like I'm not saying goals is bad and these things are bad but if you're just living for the temporal then you're cheapening what Jesus came to do for you because he didn't just come to die for you so you can have a seat in heaven one day and so you can just kind of waste time here on earth and be happy with with that ticket to to heaven I know it's a challenging word and my heart for us is to be challenged. Not to feel good about a nice message and then go out into the world and live like the world. Verse 21, glory in the church throughout. Let's thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, right now that you're just settling, just cementing this word in our hearts. It's a meaty word. Maybe some of you are, are challenged and it's difficult to digest this word. Maybe you're expecting some milk this morning and you received a full-on steak. I pray right now, Father, that by your spirit you'll just help us just digest this word and just just swallow it down and have it set in our hearts your desire for us is so much more than just settling for temporal things things that that waste away that have got no eternal value Thank you, Father, that we can just yield to your Spirit's lead and your Spirit's ministry of our sonship. Thank you, Father, that we may be able to just comprehend your love more and more. And then from that place, the lives we're living, our expectancies, and the things we're asking and thinking about will all be in line with your desires, your heart. And that empowering will be able to usher in the manifestation because that empowering has been, has been positioned. That empowering has been, has been placed behind the things of God and it will push those things into manifestation. Thank you, Father. As horses are, are put in front of a cart, they're empowered to pull that cart. If the horses are put behind the cart, they're not empowered to push the cart. 
as you start to put the word of God in its proper context and his purpose here for you on earth you can start to use the power of God Almighty the Spirit of God inside of you for what it was intended to be used for to be his ambassadors here on earth his sons and daughters being ministers of reconciliation being witnesses of the gospel thank you Jesus thank you father we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you please contact us at info at gracelife.co if you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.